Voyage. After Jerry the Rat's murderous rampage, we had to brief Phineas. Standing beside us, glancing casually at Terry the Rat's mangled corpse, he seemed at worst mildly annoyed. A statistical outlier. Rats are rats. We still launch a schedule. We need to understand what happened here, and why. While Aura marches on, you're going to explain to Blake Bigham why we're not moving forward. And with that, he stalked out, leaving Tommy and I with a dead rat. So, what now? You jump into the logs. Both Terry and Jerry, but especially Jerry. All the way back. But first, isolate the point at which it all went ugly. What are you going to do? I'm going to look very, very carefully at the brain connections. Jerry first, but I also need to check Terry. But Tommy didn't spring into action like I expected. Well? Simeon? Yuri? Belinda? He was right, of course. The fact that he had to bring it up showed how my personal bias was clouding my scientific judgment. Obviously, our human test subjects had to be our first priority. For my beautiful Belinda, it was even more so. She and the baby are my life, and her situation is most like that killer rat, Jerry, in whom we had induced and then cured epileptic seizures. I'm gonna send Natalie home. Your sister? I've had two amazing weeks with nothing. It's amazing. I didn't think it was possible to live like this again. Yes, yes, uh, probably best for Natalie to get away. Oh, and look, I found this app that tells us how big the baby is every week. This week, she's the size of a kumquat. You know the sex? <laughs> no, and I don't know how big a kumquat is either. But I do know it's bigger than a kangaroo joey when it's born and climbs up into its mum's pouch. You want a boy, don't you? I didn't say that. As long as you and our little baby kumquat are healthy. Well, thanks to you, we will be. I must have winced, because she saw in my reaction all the fear I was trying to suppress. What's wrong? You should come back to the lab. Why? We want to run some tests, rule out a delayed reaction, like one of the rats might have had. What reaction? Aggression. A particularly ornery rat? Probably, but we need to be sure. Okay. You have not looked this scared since our first date. Should I be worried? We embraced. I squeezed her hand. I'll make sure you're okay. I know you will. The upside? I could probably miss my next pregnancy checkup. I was examined thoroughly by Duncan and his team. I wouldn't have been worried if it weren't for Duncan's demeanor. If it were anyone else, I wouldn't have noticed. But with him, I could tell he was faking a cheerful face. That meant he was terrified. And if he was terrified, I should be too. Am I going home tonight? I don't know yet, sweetheart. The lab was sleek. It reminded me of photos I'd seen of tech startups. Clear glass and elegant minimalism. Expensive. I could see Duncan conferring with others in the lab, reviewing data, looking at rats. Eventually, I fell asleep.
I woke to people in the lab pressed up against the glass outside my room. They stared at me, grinning. Grinning in a hungry, chilling way. I stifled a scream. They were like predators eyeing easy prey. Me. They pounded against the glass in a bizarre way, all looking at me, all with that same awful grin. Duncan! One of them came in. Desperate, I scanned the room for a weapon, for anything I could use to defend myself. I ripped the heart monitor off. The IV stand. I lifted it like a club. The grinner approached. It was so strange. I couldn't make out his face, even though he was just feet in front of me. And his eyes, all black. No sclera, no iris. Just massive dark pupils drilling into me. Get away! But he came on, closer and closer and closer, grinning. Duncan! He reached for me. I swung. He toppled, and I reared back to smash him again. But it was... Duncan? There was no one else outside my room. And on the floor, poor Duncan, bloodied and scared, cowered away from me. Like through a fog, I started to hear him. Belle, put the stand down. Please. I did. It's me. It wasn't, it, it wasn't what you. What did you see? Oh God, are you okay? I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. What's happening? I don't know. But I'm going to find out. I could have killed you. The guys in the lab were shocked. We knew we had big trouble, and I knew they were blaming me. Phineas, Tommy, and I met within the hour. We have a real problem here, Phineas. A problem is what happened on the subway last night. What? There's more? Your man, Yuri. We only had three human trials underway. Simeon, Belinda, and Yuri. Phineas threw up a CCTV clip on the obscenely large screen in his office and we watched, in horror. In a crowded subway platform, a train came to a stop. The doors opened and a man, our man, Yuri, exploded out, crazed. He flattened people as he charged across the platform, always glancing back in fear. He ran across and launched off the opposite side, and an incoming train took him. It was horrible. Christ. Unusually solemn, Phineas opened a box on his desk. Inside the box was a bloodied, mangled Genesis 5 implant. Is that? Yes. But how? It's best you don't know. Yuri's death will be registered as an accident, and this will never be found. Where's Simeon? He's coming in later today for a review. You two know the story of Cortez? Hernan Cortez? The conqueror of the Aztecs. Cortez burned his ships after sailing to the New World. Why? No one wanted to answer. We knew why. Once Simeon gets here, he doesn't leave, or Belinda, until we know with absolute confidence they're not a danger to themselves, or others. We don't need any more bad publicity. Launch? Schedules don't change. But this needs to be fixed. We de-implant them. Now. That's not a fix. That's sailing back to Spain. Has it ever been done? It was never necessary. 
Can it be done? Genesis 1 to 4? Yes. We only hooked onto the sensory input nerves. Genesis 5? Is different. It integrates way deeper in the brain. And? In theory, yes. Of course. But we haven't done it in practice. We're wasting precious time, gentlemen. De-implant if you feel you have to, but that is not a long-term solution. We wasted I don't know how many V-rats, but every time it was the same. Halfway through de-implantation, their brains simply turned off. Dead. We couldn't explain why. Some things are beyond the reach of science. But it meant there was no way I could risk de-implanting Belinda's genesis. Genesis? Yes? What is happening to me? Your vitals are currently stable. Why did I see things that weren't there? Searching. Hallucinations are sensory experiences perceived as occurring in reality. Causes can include medications, mental health conditions, substance use. They can be auditory, gustatory, olfactory, tactile, or visual. Other people. People with earlier versions of you. Did this happen to them? Previous versions of Genesis have side effects, including headache, nausea, blurred vision, and, in rare cases, mood changes. No hallucinations were reported in any previous version of Genesis. Is there some way you can stop me if I try to hurt someone? No response available. Is there some way you can control me, even against my will, in the moment? No response available. Ugh. What does it mean when you say no response available? No response available answer indicates either lack of a recorded response or confidential information not authorized for general users. Confidential. Sweetheart, how are you feeling? Fine, really. I know what happened was not okay. But am I really a prisoner in here now? It's just... This is a controlled environment. If anything happens, help is here. It's just us at home. I can come back for tests. Another couple of days. Maximum. Complete bullshit, but I didn't know what else to say. Let me go outside. I need fresh air. I'll come with you. Let me change. She removed her hospital gown to put on some casual clothes. I see you looking. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, sure. I know my boobs have gotten huge. No comment. Wipe that grin off your face. <laughs> I wasn't. We stepped outside to enjoy the sunshine. I watched in grim fascination as a janitorial service worker wheeled out what I knew was a large container filled with dead rats, bound for a crematorium. Belinda noticed. What's in there? And just trash. Nothing interesting. An elderly man approached the lab. This was a bit odd. The lab was set on its own industrial park. We were four miles from the nearest highway. And the man was approaching on foot. Who is that? I don't know. We had a security guard. 
A couple, actually, but they mostly stood around and traded seedy stories of their love lives. I waved to one of them and indicated the elderly man. That man doesn't work here? I don't think so. As he neared, I could see him better. Strong features, built shoulders, perhaps an ex-athlete or someone who did manual labor for years. Crisp blue eyes. A security guard stepped into the elderly man's path. Sir, this area is restricted to lab personnel only. <clears throat> the elderly man jabbed the base of his palm into the security guard's throat. The guard choked and fell to his knees. Our other guard withdrew a taser and engaged. But the old man avoided it, grabbed the guard's wrist and twisted it to a breaking point. I could hear it. Then he kicked the other guard in the side of the knee. It sounded like that may have broken something, too. I realized with a start like that, like a fool, I was just standing there. It had all happened so fast as to be surreal. I grabbed Belinda and ran back inside. Thus saith the Lord, what iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me, and have walked after vanity, and are become vain? We quickly ducked in the complex's entrance and I made sure it locked. But in our infinite wisdom, we made the door with clear glass. The man could see me. The man came and stood right in front of me. You should get back to your room. But she didn't. She was transfixed by the man. And I brought you into a plentiful country, to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land and made mine heritage an abomination. You are going to be arrested for trespassing and assault, sir! Without preamble, the man pulled a previously unseen razor blade out of his mouth. He used the blade to cut himself in the center of his palms. A stigmata. Then, he smeared the blood across his face. I've trespassed against man. You have trespassed against God. More guards rushed up from behind me, along with Tommy. Who is that? Jeremiah. You know him? No. He's quoting Jeremiah. From the Bible. Haven't read it. Jeremiah was a prophet. Of what? Together, the guards tackled the man. I decided to call him Jeremiah. They zip-tied his wrists and marched him away. None of that fazed him. Jeremiah stared directly at me the entire time. For though thou wash thee with nitre, and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. The guards took Jeremiah away. At no point did he ever stop staring at me. I finally got Belinda back to her room, reassured her everything would be fine. She didn't believe me. And I regrouped with Tommy in the lab. They have a name, you know. The people who hate us? The Weavers. Luddites. I guess they felt that didn't sound snappy enough. We need more security. I'd say. Simeon hasn't shown up for his review. I'm sure we'll find out where he is soon enough. I'll be in my office. The day ended in maddening fashion. We were at a loss. De-implanting the rats killed them. Leaving the implants in made them killers. A hideous impasse, whichever way we went. Duncan, go home. Get some rest. I can't leave Belinda here alone. Go. Phineas has three ex-cops coming to bolster the night shift. No crazies are getting within a mile of this place. We can switch when you come back. I'll keep an eye on her. Grab a few hours. Sleep. Recharge. You know as well as I do, a tired, overstressed brain is not operating at its peak. 
Taking a couple hours to change the scenery is the best thing you can do for her. Finding our way out of this isn't going to happen in the next 240 minutes. Tommy was right. Reluctantly, with many assurances from Tommy, and after checking to find Belinda sleeping, I decided to make the drive home, in the hope my mind would unlock and find the solution we must have missed. Genesis, let me drive. Manual control enabled. I found Simeon. Simeon? Simeon! Simeon's car was crashed into a tree. There were no marks on the road. It looked like he hadn't slammed the brakes, and the front of the car was totaled. It was like he'd driven full speed directly into a tree trunk. Simeon was half-conscious, bloodied, pinned by his seatbelt, and delirious. Behind you. What? They're behind you. Who? So many of them. Of course, we were alone. There wasn't a soul on this road. Phineas arrived before the ambulance and the police. After a lengthy chat with an officer, Phineas announced that Simeon would be remanded to our care at our lab. Was it a simple bribe? Did the name Genesis hold that much weight? Or was it the name Bigham? Our benefactor was also one of the largest donors to law enforcement charities in the nation. Whatever it was, Simeon was ours, back at the lab. We placed him in a bed, in the room adjacent to my wife. The lab wasn't set up for this. We were jury-rigging to make these rooms function as close to a hospital room as we could manage. My trip home, of course, was canceled. Phineas raced around the lab, manic, worried. Eventually, he scurried off to his office. But that wouldn't protect him from Blake Bigham. I've told you what I think of that bitch assistant of yours, Phineas. Get rid of her. Now what's this about Genesis 5 making people crazy? Don't shower me with bullshit, Phineas. Rupert from Tonight at 6 briefed me. They're breaking a story. One Genesis throwing itself under a train. Another driving its car into a tree. You know what it means? It means we have some interesting teething problems given what a leap forward- It means sales will plummet and you'll blow up a billion of my dollars. I'm pleased you didn't call them a billion of your best friends like last time you were in here huffing and puffing. I'm confident the military sales will more than make up for the queasiness amongst the retail clientele and once it's known the military- The military had better not be one of your flights of fancy, Phineas, or they'll need tweezers and a magnifying glass to scrape up what they can find for your burial. But that was enough to settle him for the moment, and he marched out, haranguing my long-suffering angel assistant, Janice, as he went. But he was right. This is a monumental disaster. Worse, it's a disaster I paid good money to ensure did not see the light of day. Someone else is going to need an undertaker with tweezers and a magnifying glass. That Jeremiah guy was deeply creepy. Especially the way he stared at Duncan and spoke to him. But not as creepy as what Genesis had said to me. No response available answer indicates either lack of a recorded response or confidential information not authorized for general users. I couldn't get that out of my head. And the more I thought about it, the more I convinced myself Genesis knew things that mattered to me and wouldn't tell me. I had to try and get around it. Genesis. Yes, Belinda? 
Who made you? Genesis is made by Klein Communications. It is a technological tour de force incorporating... Yes, that's who constructed your parts. But who made you? No response available. Is that no response available because you don't know? Or no response available because it's not authorized for general users? No response available. Genesis, what do you know about Duncan Carver? Duncan Philip Malcolm Carver is the neurosurgeon who conceived of connecting powerful computing and communications devices directly into the human neural network, enabling the integration of humans and electronics. He has guided the development of the Genesis project from the outset. Do you want a full biography? No, thank you, Genesis. That is an excellent summary. And Phineas Klein, Genesis? Level 1 password accepted. Enter level 2 codes. I froze. And then asked what I really wanted to know. Enemy Within is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by Nat Mandel, Robert Midas, and Dan Benamore. Executive produced by Alexander Stitt. Directed by Dan Benamore. Written by Alexander Stitt and Dan Benamore, based on Alexander Stitt's original screenplay of the same name. Starring John Cahill as Duncan, and Narita Bronwyn as Belinda. Additional cast credits available in the show notes. Edited, sound designed, and mixed by John Higgins. Original music by Durlis Gonzalez. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening, and subscribe now for future episodes. When 27-year-old Gretchen Fleming leaves a West Virginia bar with a former police officer on a winter night in 2022, she's never seen again. Diligent investigators close in on an ex-cop with an unlikely story and an unsettling reputation in a recent episode of the Unsolved True Crime podcast, Last Seen Alive. Last Seen Alive is a true crime podcast researched, written, and hosted by crime analyst Leah Owens. Cases covered include disappearances, homicides, and suspicious deaths, all of them unsolved and all of them in need of tips from the public. Recognizing that the right piece of information can sometimes be the difference between a cold case and resolution, Last Seen Alive exists to bring public awareness to cases that need it. Listen to Gretchen's story and more than 100 other gripping mysteries as told by a working crime analysis professional. Find Last Seen Alive wherever you listen to podcasts.